Hey, folks, welcome, welcome, welcome to today's episode of the Law of Self-Defense. Thank you very much for being here. I am, of course, attorney Andrew Branca for a Law of Self-Defense. No need for that. No need for that. Thank you all very much, though. It is, it is much appreciated. Uh, so today we are here to talk about Mr. Alec Baldwin. Uh, you may have heard the news this week. I'm sure you all have that the uh, local district attorney in New Mexico um, has requested several hundred thousand dollars in additional funding for four up to four criminal trials. She's now planning to bring, she says, or contemplating bringing in the case of the shooting death of Helena Hutchins and the uh, injury of uh, Hutchins um, colleague who did survive being shot by the same bullet that killed Miss Hutchins, that bullet having been fired by one Alec Baldwin. And of course, it's been much hubbub about uh, the liability of various people involved, including not just Alec Baldwin, potential liability, but also other parties responsible for the care and handling and the safety of um, weapons on the set of the movie. I don't really care about any of those other people. It's quite possible that many people bear some liability here, uh, potentially both criminal and civil liability. Um, but I'll let other people deal with the, uh, the other potentially liable parties here. My focus here is on the case of Alec Baldwin because it's the most direct use of force uh, legal issue in this matter. And that's what we do here at Law Self-Defense is use of force law. So uh, we are going to continue our new practice on this show. I have a couple of exciting announcements. One is we will continue our new practice uh, on our shows of doing a portion of it, the early portion of it, uh, simultaneously on YouTube, as well as, of course, for our Law of Self-Defense members on their dashboard. That does appear to be working just fine, except except that I'm trying to figure out why I don't have a volume control there, but it appears that the, it appears that the member dashboard's working correctly. If someone could, if a member could drop something in the chat, a comment in the chat, that would be helpful. And we are, are we on rumble today? Let's see my content. Is that working? Is that working? Yeah, it appears it is working. So the first part of the show will be YouTube. And Rumble, which of course is free to everybody, uh, as well as the Law of Self-Defense member dashboard. And then the second portion of the show will be for our Law of Self-Defense members only. Uh, that's relevant in a couple of senses. One is the common part of the show that everyone will share uh, is where we go over once again why uh, Alec Baldwin has an open and shut conviction waiting for him for the criminal offense of involuntary manslaughter in the shooting death of Helena Hutchins. It's not even close, folks. Well, of course, someone is going to call me in the middle of the show. What else would happen? So I would suggest involuntary manslaughter is uh, open and shut here. Um, 
if, of course, the political entities involved, the district attorney involved, wants to prosecute him for involuntary manslaughter, which is an entirely different question than whether he's vulnerable on the legal merits. On the legal merits, he is 150% vulnerable every day of the week, uh, twice on Sunday, uh, on involuntary manslaughter. And we'll step through the legal rationale for that, the legal principles involved under New Mexico law, uh, why that's the case. Uh, the second portion of the show, which will be limited to our law self-defense members, uh, will go over the scenario, and it is somewhat speculative, but new evidence may well be developed in this case. We'll explain what kind of evidence would be required, but we'll go over the scenario in which, because even if Alec Baldwin were found guilty of involuntary manslaughter under New Mexico law, believe it or not, he'd be looking at the most 18 months in prison, which doesn't seem like a lot for recklessly killing another human being, but that's New Mexico law and New Mexico sentencing. But there is a scenario under which he could in fact be guilty of murder here, felony murder, which is good for life in prison under New Mexico law. So two very, very different uh, degrees of potential criminal liability here for Alec Baldwin. That felony murder option is what we'll be talking about in the second half of today's show, the half that will be limited to law of self-defense members. By the way, for the law of self-defense members, we're also trying out something new today. We've tested it. It seems to work pretty well. We will be doing live call-ins. So you will be uh, given, uh, I'll share a link with you that you can go to, sign up on a sheet uh, to have live participation, be a guest on today's show uh, the second half of today's show that's limited just to members. This invitation is only for law self-defense members, um, but you can uh, put yourself in queue to be a live guest on today's show. Ask me questions about what we talked about today or some other use of force legal matter. Please, no customer support. I didn't get my book yet type stuff. We have a support at lawselfdefense.com. But if you'd like to be a live guest on the show and you're a Law Self-Defense member, you'll still be with us for the second half of the show. Over on the Law Self-Defense member dashboard, you'll have an opportunity to do that today. I promise you an opportunity to get in the queue. I can't guarantee everybody gets on the show. So we'll be, we'll be choosing uh, selected people just like any other call-in show. But I think that should be a lot of fun. It will be a lot of fun for me, for sure. Now, if you're hearing all this amazing uh, Law Self-Defense members-only content and are thinking that would be nice, the good news is it costs very, very little to be a Law Self-Defense member, only about 25 or 30 cents a day. It's less than $10 a month to be a Law Self-Defense member. Um, and you can do that right now in time for today's members-only content by pointing your browser to lawofselfdefense.com slash join. Join up as a Law of Self-Defense member, less than 10 bucks a month, 25, 30 cents a day. You too get the felony murder legal analysis for Alec Baldwin with the potential for life in prison and the opportunity um, to get in queue for possible uh, inclusion as a live guest in today's show. And that less than 10 bucks covers you for an entire month, folks. So uh, before we were doing stuff like Super Chats and people were very kindly giving five, 10 bucks, sometimes 20 bucks, sometimes more. Um, but for one show and for less than 10 bucks, you get everything I could possibly give you as a, uh, as a member of Law Self-Defense in these shows for less than $10 for an entire month. So we're doing that from now on. Um, so uh, the last thing before we jump into the merits is we do... Actually, we have another exciting announcement. So first, we have 
one of our live, full day live shows coming up. We do these Law of Self-Defense Advanced Courses. It's a full day course, so six hours plus. Uh, it's our most comprehensive full day course on self-defense law instruction. Uh, we do it only once or twice a year. Uh, the second one for 2022 is this Saturday. So October 1st, we're doing our Law of Self-Defense Advanced course. Uh, we're still offering 50% off the normal tuition on that course. Uh, it does start Saturday, so time is running out, folks. Uh, once it's full, it's full. But you can learn more about that at lawofselfdefense.com slash advanced. And for those of you who may still be hesitating, we're going to do something new with this Saturday's advanced course, something we've never done before. We're going to do the first hour of that course, simulstream it on YouTube and Rumble. So the course starts at 9 a.m. Eastern time, Saturday, October 1st. If you'd like to join us for the first hour, it will not cost you a penny. And then at the end of that hour, you'll have the opportunity to sign up for the, for the remainder of the day. If you'd like to spend the remainder of the day with us, do the entire advanced course. There's no obligation to do that. We're not collecting any money from you but prior to you making that decision. But you'll get to sit in with everybody else for the first hour for free. And if, um, if that convinces you that it's worthwhile to stay the entire day and you'd be a fool not to, uh, you'll have an opportunity to, to sign up in the moment. You won't have that 50% discount, though. It'll be at the, the normal tuition for the course. Uh, but it's a way for you to try before you buy. And that's Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, sorry, I think it's 9 a.m. my time, 9, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, but if you go to self-defense time. Uh, and you can join us for that first hour free or sign up 50% off the tuition uh, before the class at lawselfdefense.com slash advanced. Okay, so I think that's all we need to cover. Let's go over. Let's go over Alec Baldwin. And I am going to try to keep today to, uh, to an hour, folks. So uh, the good news is, if you want to make a note of this, I've written about this Alec Baldwin event extensively. I have hours of video and uh, many blog posts, thousands of blog posts, words, podcasts on this event already. So I'm not going to go over every nitty gritty detail of everything again. If you want to look at that, you can go to lawofselfdefense.com slash Baldwin and you'll find the aggregated content we've done before on this. Uh, much of that is locked down for members, but there's there you go. Another reason to be a Law Self-Defense member. Uh, but in rough overview, Alec Baldwin is filming a Western. Rust is the name of the Western, a low-budget Western flick out in New Mexico. And uh, he's handling a firearm, and he's doing some dry runs through a portion of the script where the cinematographer, Helena Hutchins, uh, is by the camera, and they're trying to angle all the shot stuff just correctly. Behind Helena Hutchins is a, another gentleman who I'm sorry, whose name I forget in the moment. Um, and Alec Baldwin is handling this gun. It's a real gun, a real gun. It's not, it's not a prop, folks. Every time you hear someone refer to it as a prop, what they're trying to do is lie to you. They're trying to suggest, well, props are harmless. There's no reason anybody could possibly believe that this could hurt anybody. Um, this prop quote-unquote prop, was a real gun. Obviously, it actually fired, discharged around, and killed one person and, and seriously wounded another. Um, so he's handling a real gun. And by the way, there's never been any indication that Alec Baldwin did not know he was handling a real gun. He knew he was handling a real gun. That's pivotable. 
<laughs> pivotal, sorry. If, by the way, and uh, frankly, this goes to the importance of having competent legal counsel and not simply being a loudmouth. Um, if Alec Baldwin had instantly, after the shot was fired, said, holy crap, I had no idea this was a real gun. Well, that would have been a defense, folks, because he would not have known that he was creating any risk in the manner that he was handling that gun. But of course, he never said that at the time. He's never said it since. And to say it now would simply not be credible. Obviously, he knew it was a real gun. In fact, quite the opposite. He's talked several times in interviews about how he's had extensive training in handling firearms just like this one. And we know he also had training for the purposes of this movie with these particular types of firearms. So he's handling a real gun. And while he's handling the gun, the gun fires. The gun fires with the muzzle pointed directly at Helena Hutchins. How do we know that? Because that's who the bullet struck. So he had the muzzle pointed directly at another human being, handling the gun, the gun discharged in his hand. The bullet struck Helena Hutchins, mortally wounding her, and overpenetrated and struck the gentleman behind her, causing him uh, obviously serious injury, a gunshot wound. And Alec Baldwin is now trying to argue that uh, he essentially should have no liability. Somebody's at fault, he says repeatedly in interviews, just not him. Somebody should be held accountable, anybody but Alec Baldwin. And I've seen many people in the in the media. In fact, I just someone just sent me a clip yesterday of the um, uh, Megan Kelly's new TV show. And she had a was talking about this case and had a couple of lawyers on who I don't even remember their names. I've seen them on TV before, so I guess they're TV lawyers, Hollywood lawyers, um, who were just kind of, you know, found it ridiculous that Alec Baldwin could potentially be facing criminal charges. We know he is, of course, because we know the, the local DA in New Mexico just submitted a letter to the state government asking for hundreds of thousands of dollars for criminal trials and named as uh, someone on the short list for criminal prosecution, Alec Baldwin. She hasn't absolutely committed to prosecuting him or stated a charge on which he would be prosecuted, but his name was in the letter as a, a high-profile person whose uh, presence as a defendant would require more than the usual sums of money for a criminal prosecution. Uh, so we know he's actually facing criminal liability, potential criminal liability. If that was zero, that risk, the district attorney would not be talking about him as a possible criminal defendant. Um, and of course, he's obviously facing civil liability. He's being sued by the survivors, the family of Helena Hutchins, probably others as well, but I'm not focused here on the potential civil liability. So these lawyers I'm making the other day are basically laughing away the prospect that Alec Baldwin, it's ridiculous how he can't, he's just an actor. Uh, he can't be held responsible for the gun goes off and, uh, and kill somebody. Um, and they provided absolutely zero uh, legal analysis, absolutely zero discussion of legal principles. They just they just basically emoted. They don't want that to be the case. They don't want him to be facing a prospective criminal liability for what happened here. And they don't actually give reasons why that should be the case, because, folks, they don't have reasons. They don't have reasons. So I mentioned earlier that uh, the first half of today's show, the part we're sharing on YouTube and Rumble, is going to talk about uh, Alec Baldwin's liability, prospectively, for the criminal offense of involuntary manslaughter and how that's essentially an open and shut case. Uh, after we do that, we will um, transition out of YouTube and Rumble, um, be you 
limited strictly to our law self-defense member dashboard. If you're a member, you won't have to go anywhere. It'll be a transparent transition for you. And there we'll talk about the felony murder liability that could exist here, uh, as well as do the live chat portion that I mentioned earlier. So let's talk first about involuntary manslaughter. And I'll just describe involuntary manslaughter as a criminal offense generally, uh, and then we'll look at the actual New Mexico statute. So of course, manslaughter is a form of unlawful killing. It's a form of homicide, but not all homicides are crimes. If you kill someone in self-defense, for example, you've committed a homicide. Literally, all homicide means is one person killed another person. That's it. So that could be lawful or it could be unlawful. Done in self-defense, done in defense of others, done under certain limited circumstances, the killing of another human being can be perfectly lawful. Not a crime. None of those circumstances apply here. There was no self-defense, defense of others justification here for the killing of Elena Hutchins, obviously. Um, and if it's not a lawful killing, it could very well be an unlawful killing. And the, the degree of killing depends on the mental state depends in part on the mental state uh, of the person who exerts the force that results in death. So the degree of criminal offense depends on the mental state and the outcome, but the outcome here is predetermined. She died, so there's no variability there. Um, we have a death, and what controls now the degree of criminal liability is the mental state of Alec Baldwin. So there's various degrees of unlawful killing. There can be, um, and when I say unlawful, I'm speaking in the criminal sense here. There's also, of course, um, killings that would be create civil liability. Um, let me talk about each of those in turns. By the way, there, there's killings that would not be justified as self-defense that could have zero criminal liability, even though they're not self-defense. So again, depending on the mental state of the person who exerts the force. So let's talk about the relevant mental states. And there's really four for our purposes. Uh, one is essentially circumstances of genuine accident. The second is circumstances of negligence. That would be the mental state, a negligent mental state. The third is a mental state of recklessness. And these are um, escalating here from least to greatest. And the fourth is a mental state of intent intention, premeditation which doesn't require pre-planning, by the way. Premeditation can happen in an instant. But you intended the other person's death. Well, probably we're not talking here about an intentional killing. I mean, I guess it's theoretically possible if new evidence were to develop, but I'm willing to give Alec Baldwin the benefit of the doubt that he did not intend to kill Helena Hutchins. So let's take an intentional killing would be the mental state required for murder, the crime of murder, an intentional killing. Um, where death, in fact, actually results as a result. Um, so let's presume murders off the table. Then we get to manslaughter, and there's two degrees of manslaughter or two forms of manslaughter, um, voluntary and involuntary. So voluntary manslaughter occurs where you intended to cause the person harm, but under circumstances in which the law says you could not form the intent required for murder, so the criminal liability gets mitigated down from murder to voluntary manslaughter. And the classic scenario here would be one under what the law calls adequate provocation. The classic example is uh, somebody comes home, finds their, their spouse in bed with a lover, and in a moment of rage, adequate provocation uh, kills them both. Well, those killings aren't lawful. Um, they have to be criminally punished. 
But the law says it's not like you planned it. It wasn't done in cold blood. It was done in hot blood. The same can happen if you're in a fight with somebody and you end up killing them. The, the, the circumstances of the fight um, might be adequate provocation that would mitigate what would have been a murder conviction to voluntary manslaughter. And, you know, voluntary manslaughter sounds pretty bad. In most states, voluntary manslaughter is good for 10 years in prison, maybe 20 if you use the gun. So there's a, a gun sentencing enhancement, which is a long time in jail. But murder is often life in prison without possibility of early release, meaning forever. Um, even if you get 10 or 20 years, you might be able to serve a third of that. It varies by state how much you have to serve before you're eligible uh, for parole um, for early release. Uh, so you might do three years or five years or six years or seven years, then get out and have a life. You'll be a convicted felon, but you'll be out of a cage. So manslaughter sounds terrible unless murder is the alternative. Well, just like I'm willing to give Alec Baldwin the benefit of the doubt on murder, I don't think he intended uh, to kill Helena Hutchins. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on voluntary manslaughter. I don't believe he intended to cause her harm at all. In fact, I don't believe he intended for the gun to discharge. So there's no voluntary here. There's no intent to cause harm, even under adequate provocation. So let's take voluntary manslaughter off the table. Um, that would bring us to involuntary manslaughter. And I'm going to circle back to that one because that's where I think he's completely jacked up and completely criminally liable here. But we skip over involuntary manslaughter. The next lowest level of mental state creating liability uh, would be one of negligence. Uh, negligence is where you should have known you were creating a risk of harm, uh, but you didn't actually know. But you should have. A reasonable and prudent person would have. You're, you're driving too fast in the snow. You're not thinking that you're driving too fast. You're not explicitly recognizing you're creating a risk to others, but you, you should have known that. Uh, and your, your car skids and you kill somebody. Um, what you would have there would be civil liability for an act of negligence, but not criminal liability. If we're only talking negligence, we're only talking civil liability, not criminal. Mere negligence is not a sufficient mental state for criminal liability. And then the least degree of liability, because it's zero, would be a genuine accident. Uh, if, for example, uh, Alec Baldwin was, uh, what would be an example? A, a piece of the set fell on him and broke his arm and the gun discharged when his arm was broken. That might be a genuine accident for him. Someone else might be liable. But for Alec Baldwin, he didn't make the set collapse. Uh, there he might have actual zero criminal liability or civil liability, no liability at all. Uh, for the discharge of that gun and what happens as a consequence. But for there to be accident, genuine accident, and therefore zero legal liability, uh, what happens have to, has to have been either not a result of anything you're doing or completely unforeseeable by you. No reasonable and prudent person could have foreseen that the set would collapse, for example. Um, that's not what happened here. What happened here is something more than negligence, but less than intent. And it's a mental state between those two. Negligence, only sufficient for civil liability. Intent, sufficient for murder or voluntary manslaughter under adequate provocation. What we have here is a mental state between those two. And that's a mental state referred to as recklessness. Now, recklessness is similar to negligence. You're conducting yourself in a way that creates a risk. You're not intending to cause anyone harm, but you're conducting yourself in a way that creates risk of harm to others. Now, under negligence, only good for civil liability, 
You don't know you're doing that. You should know, but you don't know you're creating that risk. And that should know, but don't know, that's negligence, that's civil liability, but not criminal. Under recklessness, you do know. You know you are creating a risk of harm to others and you ignore that risk and the harm results. The classic example here would be uh, vehicular homicide, drunk driving, death. So you get drunk, you get behind the wheel of a car. Everybody knows if you're driving drunk, you're creating a risk of death to others, an unjustified risk of death to others. That is classic recklessness. Now, are you intending to harm others? No, you just want to drive home, go to sleep, right? You don't want anyone to be hurt. But because you're knowingly creating a risk of death and you're intentionally ignoring that risk, you're deliberately ignoring that risk, if the harm results, the death results, that's a reckless killing. A reckless killing is involuntary manslaughter. It's an unlawful killing done without intent, even intent mitigated by adequate provocation. It's involuntary in the sense that you did not intend to harm anybody, much less kill anybody, but you did it under circumstances of recklessness, a mental state of recklessness. That is a crime, the crime of involuntary manslaughter. And by the way, folks, if you're if the death results because of your mishandling of an inherently dangerous instrument, the recklessness is legally presumed to be there. Because we all know, we all are presumed to know that if you're handling something inherently dangerous, you're creating a risk, an unjustified risk of death to others, unless you do it responsibly. If you do it responsibly, the death doesn't result. So if the death does result, it's by definition reckless conduct. Um, what are inherently dangerous instruments? Explosives, poisons, dangerous drugs, dangerous chemicals, uh, perhaps heavy construction equipment, uh, things that if misused in even the slightest way could easily result in death or serious bodily injury, and also included in the category of inherently dangerous instruments, firearms. Folks, if you're handling a gun, and you mishandle that gun in such a way that you kill someone, it's presumed that you are acting recklessly, especially since to actually seriously injure someone with a gun, you need to be pointing the muzzle at them. If you miss them, they're not hurt, right? And in this particular case, that's exactly what Alec Baldwin was doing, pointing the muzzle directly at Helena Hutchins without obviously ensuring that the weapon was not dangerous to her without first ensuring that the weapon was unloaded. Now, he'll say he took someone else's word for that, but the only person responsible for that gun in his hand and where it's pointed is Alec Baldwin. And we all know that pointing another gun at a human being, if it's unjustified, not self-defense, not defense of others, there's no legal justification there. Pointing another gun at another human being is creating a risk of death or serious bodily injury to that person. Now, might you mitigate that risk by saying, well, I, I checked it, I made sure it wasn't loaded first. Yeah, you could, but that's obviously not what happened here because he shot her. So the gun was loaded. There was live ammo in it and he didn't take the moment it would have taken to ensure that wasn't the case. He decided to accept someone else's word. And by doing that, he accepted the criminal liability for this outcome. So that's 
Involuntary manslaughter, knowingly creating a risk of death or serious bodily injury, unjustified risk of death or serious bodily injury, which you're doing when you point the muzzle of a real gun at someone without ensuring first that it's unloaded. Ignoring that risk and causing the death. That's classic involuntary manslaughter. Not, not the only way of getting to involuntary manslaughter, but the classic way that fits the facts of this case. Now, having described involuntary manslaughter in that general way, let's take a look at the actual New Mexico law on involuntary manslaughter. Uh, I have it right here. So, see if I can make that a little bigger for everybody. Mm-hmm. Let's see. How about this? Okay. It still looks a little small to me. There we go. That's much better. Much, much better. Obviously, you're all dealing with a uh, professional presenter here. Okay. Manslaughter, New Mexico. Um, criminal statute 30-2-3. Manslaughter is the unlawful killing of a human being without malice. So if there was malice, it would be murder, right? So manslaughter, the unlawful killing of a human being without malice. Voluntary manslaughter consists of manslaughter committed upon a sudden quarrel or in the heat of passion. This is the adequate provocation that I'm talking about, that I talked about earlier. That would be voluntary manslaughter. Uh, so you know you're acting in a way to cause someone an injury or death, but you're doing it out of a fight or heat of passion, adequate provocation. Uh, and whoever, and as I say, voluntary manslaughter, it says it right here. Whoever commits voluntary manslaughter is guilty of a third-degree felony resulting in the death of a human being. Involuntary manslaughter is what I would argue we're dealing with here. Consists of manslaughter committed in the commission of an unlawful act not amounting to a felony. Well, if, if it was an act amounting to a felony, you may well be looking at felony murder. Felony murder gets a little complicated. We're going to talk about that in the second half of the show when we, it's only the law of self-defense members present. Uh, I think there is, there is a path to felony murder in this particular case. We would need more evidence developed for that to be concrete, but I can see it from here. Uh, we may not have all the bridges we need to get there, but I can see it. And we may have the bridges. I'll talk about that when I talk about the kind of evidence that would be required. Uh, but what if you're committing an unlawful act that's not a felony? Well, that definitely cannot be felony murder. But if it results in a death, you're committing an unlawful act, results in a death, could be involuntary manslaughter. I think we are absolutely have evidence of that here for reasons I'll detail in a moment. Or... The other way to commit involuntary manslaughter is in the commission of a lawful act. So even if we presume that Alec Baldwin is otherwise acting in a lawful way in handling that gun the way he did, which he was not, but let's pretend he was in the commission of a lawful act, which might produce death in an unlawful manner, meaning not justified death, or without due caution and circumspection. Due caution and circumspection. In other words, taking the reasonable steps to ensure that death would not result from your commission of that otherwise lawful act. Well, we already talked about this, right? Commission of a lawful act, which might produce death in an unlawful manner or without due caution or circumspension. When you point a gun at another human being without first ensuring that it's not loaded, 
That's not due caution and circumspection, folks. Due caution and circumspection would be handling the gun on a movie set so that the muzzles never pointed directly at the human being. That's how it's normally done. I know people who work in Hollywood as actors, have for decades. This is what they tell me. They're trained not to point the gun directly at human beings. It's not necessary for purposes of filming. And or you ensure the gun is not loaded. You inspect the gun to ensure it's not loaded. If you're not competent to do that, you're not competent to handle an inherently dangerous instrument. But the law doesn't give you that break because the consequences of your incompetence is death. And it's easy enough to make sure that gun is not loaded. So certainly Alec Baldwin is stuck on this handling the gun without due caution and circumspection. He pointed it at a human being without justification and without first ensuring that the gun was not loaded and death resulted. But what about this first part? Uh, In the commission of an unlawful act not amounting to a felony. Well, Alec Baldwin was also doing that based on the same underlying conduct based on another New Mexico statute. Let me pull that one up here. Negligent use of a deadly weapon. So this statute, 30.7.4, negligent use of a deadly weapon consists of discharging a firearm into a building or vehicle. Well, that didn't happen here. Carrying a firearm while under the influence. Okay, that didn't happen here, presumably. Um, Endangering the safety of another by handling or using a firearm or other deadly weapon in a negligent manner. Again, negligence would normally only raise civil liability, right? You're creating a risk, but you don't actually know you're creating the risk, but you should know that's negligence. That's civil liability only, not criminal. But when you're handling an inherently dangerous instrument, a deadly weapon, it's automatically bumped up to a crime. It's bumped up to recklessness. Um, And certainly his handling, Baldwin's handling, again, the pointing of an actual gun at another human being without and first ensuring it was unloaded. Both of those acts violate the, the fundamental four rules of gun safety, of course. And Alec Baldwin has had decades of training in gun safety in his many, 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 many films in which he's handled firearms and been trained to handle those firearms. He said so himself in his TV interviews. So he knows what's required for safe handling of a gun. He just chose not to do that. And whereas it might've been negligence, but for the fact that he was handling a deadly weapon, it becomes a crime because it is a deadly weapon. Uh, And the crime is whoever commits negligent use of a deadly weapon is guilty of a petty misdemeanor. So a misdemeanor, not a felony. So this is not a predicate for felony murder. This negligent handling of a firearm, of a deadly weapon, but it is a misdemeanor. And we circle back to a misdemeanor. That's an unlawful act. We circle back to the manslaughter statute. And I'll refresh your recollection. One of the ways you get to involuntary manslaughter is in the commission of an unlawful act not amounting to a felony. Negligent handling of a firearm is a misdemeanor. That's an unlawful act, a criminal act, not amounting to a felony, not enough for felony murder, but sufficient for involuntary manslaughter. So it's two distinct paths to involuntary manslaughter for Alec Baldwin. And by the way, folks, that's all true, regardless of what you believe about whether the trigger was pulled or not. 
It doesn't matter. The pointing of the gun without first ensuring that it's unloaded is by itself reckless conduct that resulted in an unjustified death. That's all you need. All this pulling of the trigger, obviously, if he deliberately pulled the trigger or even accidentally pulled the trigger, accident, I shouldn't use that word in this context, uh, recklessly pulled the trigger, um, that's even worse for him. But you don't need that to get to involuntary manslaughter. So that's the involuntary manslaughter part of all this. And again, based on the undisputed facts in this case and New Mexico law, I simply see no way in which Alec Baldwin is not guilty beyond a reasonable doubt of involuntary manslaughter for these very reasons. Now, does that mean he's going to jail, going to prison? Again, the sentence here is 18 months for involuntary manslaughter. I mean, could he make 18 months? And yeah, he could, I would think, do 18 months. Um, would he ever really be facing that? Well, first, he'd have to be prosecuted. And whether or not to bring a prosecution is a political decision. Uh, my understanding is the local district attorney here um, is of the same political tribe as Alec Baldwin, meaning pretty hard on the left. Uh, that region of New Mexico in particular is desperate for Hollywood money. They're trying to grow that as an industry, more Westerns in their area. Uh, it's not a very wealthy part of the country if you've never been there. And uh, so they, there's powerful political disincentives here to bring a prosecution against Alec Baldwin. But that's a different question then. Is he vulnerable on the legal merits? 150% all day, every day, twice on Sundays. No question about it, on the legal merits. Whether politically a prosecution of Alec Baldwin will occur is obviously a distinct question. Um, yeah. And folks, you know, we, we've all heard the phrase that, uh, you know, your, your silence can't be used against you in court, right? You have a fifth amendment right to silence. And that's largely true. There are very important loopholes to that truism. Um, but you know what can hurt you? Things that you fail to say can hurt you. If you're saying lots of things and you don't say the one thing that could help you, well, then it's presumed that the one thing that can help you doesn't exist. Alec Baldwin gave a lot of interviews, gave a lot of statements, talked about all this a lot. And he never once said the thing that could have saved him here, which is, I had no idea that was a real gun. Because if he didn't know it was a real gun, then he was not recklessly creating a risk of death, right? If he thought it was an inert object that could not fire a projectile, even if he was mistaken about that, that would be a mistake of fact. That's a legal defense. But because he never said that, it's simply not credible for him to try to claim that now. That would have been the thing you'd said at the beginning, from the start, if it were true, so we know it's, it's not true. If only he'd kept his mouth shut and had good, competent legal counsel, he'd be in a very different legal position. Not that he deserves it, but I'm not in the business of uh, what people deserve, legally speaking. All right, folks, that is what I wanted to share with the group in general. Uh, again, I'll remind all of you that we have our Law of Self-Defense Advanced class. We only do two of these a year coming up this Saturday, October 1st. Um, it's a full-day course on self-defense law, defense of others law, defense of property, defense of uh, against active shooters, interacting with the police in the aftermath of a use of force event. Um, everything you need to know to make yourself hard to convict if you're ever compelled to use force against another person in defense of yourself, your family, your property. 
We teach this course twice a year. October 1st, this Saturday is the second time this year. If you missed this one, you're looking at least six months out in sometime in 2023 before we do the course again. We're still offering 50% off the usual tuition. You can take advantage of that at lawofselfdefense.com slash advanced. Uh, but we're doing something new this time that I think many of you might be interested in, and that is we are offering the first hour of this for free. We're going to stream, simul stream, the first hour of this course, this Saturday's course on YouTube. Uh, so anybody will be able to enjoy the first hour. And at the end of that first hour, you can make a decision about whether you'd like to sign up and remain for the rest of the class. It starts at 11 a.m. Eastern time, 9 a.m. Mountain time on Saturday, October 1st, 2022. Now, if you if you take advantage of the free hour and then sign up, you won't have the benefit of the 50% discount on tuition. You'll have given that up for the option to try before you buy. Frankly, we have nothing but five-star reviews of this course, so I would encourage you to do it at half price. But if you're a try-before-you-buy kind of person, you can do that this Saturday, right on YouTube. We'll schedule it here. You can set your reminder. The first hour of this Law of Self-Defense Advanced Self-Defense Law course this Saturday, October 1st, 2022 at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. So you may want to take advantage of that. All right, folks, we now are switching over to the Law of Self-Defense members only portion. We're going to shut down uh, the YouTube stream. We're going to shut down the Rumble stream. Um, you can be become right now a Law of Self-Defense member. It's less than $10 a month, folks, about a quarter, 30 cents a day. Uh, you can do that at lawofselfdefense.com slash join and join us for the members only portion of today's show. We will talk about the legal rationale for a felony murder liability for Alec Baldwin, which if convicted could carry a life sentence in prison and we'll do the live chat. So you'll be able to join a queue uh, to be a live guest on today's show. Ask me whatever questions you want about Baldwin or any other legal matter. Um, join us live right here on the screen for, for everybody to see. Uh, and folks, when I say become a law self-defense member, I see people are becoming members on YouTube. That's not how you become a member. You need to go to lawselfdefense.com slash join. The Law of Self-Defense membership is independent of the, the YouTube membership. That's a completely different YouTube thing. Um, in fact, I would discourage you from being a YouTube member. I'm going to see it. I got to figure out how to shut that down. Uh, and uh, I would discourage Super Chats. I, I would just discourage sending YouTube any money. So so that, that's how this show got demonetized, I guess. Um, forget it. Just, just spend the $9.95 a month directly with Law of Self-Defense to become a member on our site at lawselfdefense.com slash join. Uh, for the members, just log, go to the lawselfdefense.com website. You'll sign in as a member. There's a member dashboard. It should be fairly transparent. All right, folks, here we go. So long, YouTube. So long, Rumble. It's been great fun. Law of Self-Defense members don't go anywhere. It'll be a completely transparent transition for you.